Welcome to the Reaching the World Bible Church podcast. This is Pastor Henry and Ella Looney. Our prayer is that you enjoy the word for today. Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price. The highest price that's ever been paid for anything. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, paid for us. He paid with his blood. He paid with his life so that we could have life and life more eternal. But he also paid the fact that on, at this time we could walk in health, healing, wholeness, and wellness. He paid the price that we couldn't pay. Before the oracles of time ever came into existence, the Father said in heaven, man is going to need a Savior. Who can do it? No one moved. None of the angels could do it. But Jesus stood up and he said, I'll go. I'll redeem that which was lost. And man that had sold out, he became the avenue for our redemption. Jesus paid the price for our redemption. And when you say paid the price, what do you mean by that? When we focus this message, and I just want you to look and you'll see the, the focus of what we want, the point that we want to make and reach through the word. We said this, when something is redeemed, it means it was brought or a debt was paid in full. You've been paid for your, your eternal security in full. Jesus paid the ultimate price to redeem us by giving his life. He willingly shed his blood. And when he did that, he wiped away all our debt of sin. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the, of the glory of God. So all of us, every man, every woman needs a Savior. How many know you need a Savior? We couldn't save ourselves. But Jesus paid the price. And he was the only one that could. Why do all you say that? Because sin and the enemy set a plan for everyone to die and lose out on the blessings of God. But God had a better plan. Jesus became our redemptive plan, and he paid the price. We see in Galatians 3, verse 13, and I'm going to give you a little, little four uh, ground of what direction we're going. In Galatians 3, 13, it says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. We see numerous verses, especially in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, where it reveals what that curse 
entails. And part of that curse, or among the things of that curse, was sickness and disease. Sickness is a curse of the law. And the punishment for breaking God's law, you can read chapter 28, included a lot of dreadful disease that he listed about 11 of those in that chapter. But in verse 61 of that, he said this in, in, uh, in Deuteronomy 28, verse 61. He said, every disease, every disease. I'll look at that and read it to you. He said, not only the ones that he had mentioned in Scripture, but previous to that, but he had said inclusive of that, those that he listed, he said also every sickness and every plague. That was a part of the curse that we talk about, the curse of the law. The King James Version of these scriptures, when you read those, it will lead you to believe that God himself put sickness and afflictions upon his people. Because it reads like this, the Lord shall smite thee in Deuteronomy 28, 28. But uh, Dr. Robert Young, he was author of Hence the Bible Interpretation, he points out that in the original Hebrew, which the Bible was originally written, written in, in Hebrew, the verb that God wrote or said is the permissive sense rather than the causative sense. In other words, it should have been translated if English could have translated that word this way, it should have been translated something like this. The Lord will allow you to be smitten. The Lord will allow these plagues to be brought upon you. Not that he caused them. God doesn't have any sickness or disease to give. God does not put sickness on anyone. He never has and he never will. The original Hebrew of these scriptures was written in that permissive sense. You know, God allow anything that you will allow? Do you realize that? That's a big statement. God will allow anything that I allow. You know, God allow you to kill somebody if you want to? Folk are doing it on a daily basis. Is that his will for you? Or would he cause you to do that? No, that's not his will. God gave us free will. But it's up to us to exercise that. Look at your name and say, he's talking to you now. God's word is speaking to you. You make a choice. Say that. You make, I make a choice of what I do and what I don't do. But you know, God will help us and he'll strengthen us. He'll give us knowledge and understanding of what to do and what not to do. And so Jesus paid a price to redeem that which was lost. And that was all of us. But you know, he won't force us to accept the price that he paid. But he told us in the scripture, there's life, there's death. He said, choose life. 
He told us which one to choose just in case we didn't know. He said this blessing is cursing. He said his indication was choose the blessing. How many want the blessing and not the curse? Well, the fact is in the new covenant, God has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Jesus was, became that curse. Jesus redeemed mankind. On the cross at Calvary, he paid the price. But it's up to us to realize something. What, Pastor? Forgiveness is ours. Forgiveness is yours. What do I need to do to be forgiven, Pastor? I messed up. I, I, I've done some things. I've said some things. I have too. But forgiveness is ours. Why? Because Jesus paid the price so that we could have life and life more abundantly, so that we could be forgiven. But you know what? Some Christians, maybe you and I at times, when we mess up, when we sin, after we've been born again, And we think we have to do something to earn our forgiveness again. Don't you, Pastor? Don't you have to be nice? Don't you have to read your Bible? Don't you have to, don't you have to uh, uh, study the Word? Don't you have to come to church? Don't you have to uh, do all these things to get back right with God? No. Now, it's good to do all those things. And you know I encourage you to come to church. Read your Bible. But the fact is, our spirit man has become a new creature in Christ. When we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, he paid the price. All we have to do is believe that and receive it and walk in the light of it. And even if we mess up after we've been born again, remind ourselves. He reminded us in 1 John 1, 9. Just confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He's already done that. He's not going to have to be crucified again. And you know what? There's nothing that you and I can do that can cleanse ourselves. But a cleansing will come by the washing of the word of God. By us receiving the word of God. By us acknowledging him as our Lord and our Savior. But it's not in our own strength. It's in what God did for us. We have to acknowledge that and allow his word, his spirit to lead and guide us into all truth. Because we've been redeemed. We had messed up. Mankind, Adam sinned. And all mankind was in a mess. The first Adam. But the last Adam. Not the second Adam. The scripture calls Jesus the last Adam. Came and he redeemed that which was lost. By giving his life. 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore if any man be in Christ. He. And that's inclusive of she. That's a generic term. Anytime the male the male connotations were used in, in pronouns there. And when you're talking about uh, sons of God, you're talking about whether you're a male or a female. It includes, it's inclusive. 
He is a new creature. Old things spiritually are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We still, the fact is, that's true. That's the word. When you confess Christ and you believe him as your Lord and Savior, all things spiritually have become new. But, uh-oh. Look at Abe said, uh-oh. <laughs> what does that mean, preacher? We still, the fact is, we still live in a body that has fleshly desires. How many of y'all live in a body? Raise your hand. The rest of y'all, what y'all live in? How about y'all at home? No, we all live in a body. And we have flesh. And you know what? A battle between our flesh and our spirit is fought every day. You fight it every day. Well, Pastor, I got saved. I don't, fight, I don't have to fight with my flesh anymore. The only reason you wouldn't have to fight with it, you don't yield it to it. In other words, you let your body do whatever it wants to do. How many know that leads us down the road, the wrong road? That's that wide pathway. But you see, the scripture says a whole bunch of folk on that pathway. We, there's a battle going on. Pastor, you mean we're fighting ourselves? Actually, we're fighting, or we should be fighting, the good fight of faith. By having our mind renewed or transformed by the word of God. The more of God's word that we feed on and hear and receive and then act upon and do in our lives, the more effective our fight is going to be. That's why the Apostle Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27, he said this, but I keep under my body. Paul said he did. Notice he didn't say Jesus did or God will keep under my body. How many know God won't keep under your body? But he's given us instructions and he's given us his name and he's given us his word to help us to do what he called us to do. Look at his name and say, you got to keep your body under. When you eat, if you decide you want to eat that second and third piece of cake, God is not going to come down and say, and slap your hand and say, stop. Don't eat it. It's not good for you. He won't do that. What, what will he do? The Spirit of God on the inside said, you know you don't need that third piece. The Spirit of God will tell you that. And you can get me that tone of voice if you want to. I know he speaks to me about it all the time because I always want at least that second piece. Glory to God. Red velvet. Y'all know caramel. Y'all know that's my favorite. Amen. Second pieces. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit said, and, and it doesn't do you any good when you first cut that first piece and you cut a piece big enough to amount to four pieces. The Holy Spirit just prompted me because, you know, that's what I tend to do. I would cut it. But I don't know why I'm looking at you, Brother Gamble, but, but anyway, I, I would cut a huge, big old piece of it. And, and, and you, evidently, you know what I'm talking about, amen. And, and but, but, you know, Pastor Ellis said, cut her a small piece. And, and you know, I, I go along and say, you know, when you cut the cake and it start falling apart, I said, Ella, 
you can't cut a small piece without it falling apart. You got to cut a bigger piece. So I cut you this small piece, but I cut me a bigger piece, and I, and I normally do that. Amen. How many know that that's uh, not keeping under our body? He says this. Look at this verse again, 927. But I keep under my body. I decide how big it's going to be. And I bring it into subjection. Not God. He'll help us by encouraging us and prompting us. But there's a reason why. Least that by any means, when I have preached to others, where you may not be a preacher, but you're talking to others, you're living your life, your life is preaching to somebody. He said, if I don't do that, I myself should be a castaway. God wants to help us, but he's given us free will. Jesus paid the price, but it's up to us to accept that redemptive plan that he paid for us. Amen? This is some good stuff. You need to grab hold of this. Amen. This is one of the keys that the enemy will want to bring on you. Guilt and shame. When we recognize the fact what Jesus did for us and we do our part, there should be no more guilt. No more guilt. Well, Pastor, I messed up. Well, uh, God knew we would. He gave us 1 John 1 9. That's the reason Jesus came. You know, Jesus didn't come back to redeem folks that were already saved and born again because there was not anyone saved or born again before he came back. There were folks that were believing on him and believing on his word, but until he came in his death, burial, and resurrection, no one was born again. No one was saved. So there was a lot of guilt and shame. And there's a lot of guilt and shame in the world today. There's a lot of guilt and shame in the church today. Why? Because people are trying to earn their salvations by their own actions. And they think, well, I messed up or I wasn't able to do it. So I'm guilty. I, and, and, you know, guilty feelings will come. But what are you going to do with them? After asking God to forgive them, some people still feel guilty. Why? They think if they do something nice for somebody, look at your neighbors and listen up. If they donate to the local food bank or do some kind of penance, you'll find this in some religions. Well, you, you know, you, if you do this or you do this or you do this, then you'll be right with God. That's not what the Bible says. Those folks don't really understand what redemption means. They're trying to do something in penance instead of accepting God's forgiveness. Look at your neighbor and say, forgiveness is free. It doesn't cost you anything but your life. <laughs> what does that mean? It costs us everything to give our heart to Christ. That means no longer not my will be done, but his will be done. Jesus himself said that when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. When he, was, he told the Father, Jesus, if Jesus says that and it had to work for him who committed no sin, it must be, should be something that we should gain and understand too as well. Folk that don't really understand redemptions, instead of accepting God's forgiveness, they're trying to do something to feel better. 
How many like to feel better? I like to feel better. It's better not to do something wrong than to, and people say this, you know, I'll do it and then I repent afterwards. No, you don't understand really what repentance is. It's better to understand that Jesus paid the price already and that we don't have to do it. But we need to trust in his strength and receive his forgiveness, receive his understanding. We don't have to hold up a sign that says, I work for redemption. You know, you see folk holding signs, I work for, 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 you know, food, something like that. You don't have to hold up a sign and say you work for redemption. Jesus redeemed that which was lost, and that was all of us. Look at his neighbor said, no more guilt, no more shame. I'm not going to allow that anymore in my life. Don't allow the enemy to put you on a guilt trip. If you did mess up, and the Bible said we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, repent and ask God to forgive you. What do I need to do? Get in the word more. Find out what God's promises is. Salvation is free. It doesn't cost you anything. Except, as I said, when we give our life, and you give your life freely. Why? Because it's the best plan there is. It's the best thing going today. You don't have to be under guilt and condemnation anymore because Galatians 3.13 says we've been redeemed from the curse. That means the penalty Jesus took care of. You and I don't have to be crucified, and we don't have to re-crucify him. Look at his name and say, I believe I'm understanding this more. Redemption. Question, preacher. And this is for all of us. What does I'm redeemed really mean? What does I'm redeemed really mean? You know, when we ask or accept Jesus as our Savior, it means you and I can say and do the following about ourselves. What do you mean? I got a list of scriptures that I'm going to give you. And I'm going to be quick, but I'm going to say some things in front of them and read them, and then we're going to go home. Do these scriptures, Pastor? Do them. If we determine in our heart and our life to do them with the help of the empowerment of God. Because you and I are in Christ, we're saved. This is what we should say about ourselves. What? Number one, we should say, I am a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away, and all things have become new. Where you find that? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. We already read that one. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. That's spiritual thing. If you got a, 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 a long nose before you get saved, you'll still have that long nose after that. But spiritually, you become a brand new creature. Creation. He says, behold, all things spiritually have become new. Secondly, I am victorious in every situation. Look at your neighbor and say, I know he's talking about me there. You and I are victorious in every situation that we encounter. For no weapon formed against us will prosper. What do you mean by that? What does scripture say is that, Pastor? Well, I got three of them for you. In 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says this, But thanks be to God, 
which giveth us the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Didn't say we worked it and earned it ourselves, and we fought the fight and we earned it. The Bible says, fight the good fight, but that fight, that's a fight of faith. That's a fight of getting the word. Second verse, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says this, Now thanks be unto God. Who are we giving the thanks to? God. Who are we giving the glory to? God. Because God empowered us to do whatever we do. It says, Now thanks be unto God, which always, not just sometimes, always causes us to triumph in Christ. Notice that in Christ. When we're in him, we have this. Jesus paid the price, right? And make his manifest the savior, savior of our knowledge by us in every place, no matter where you are. And then in the old, old covenant, Isaiah said in 54, 17, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And notice this, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. You and I have a rich heritage, but we've got to get in the Word to find out what it says and what it means. I like this thirdly, or fourthly, which are one of them. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know where that is. That's in Philippians 4.13. It says it. You and I, we can do all things through Christ. Through Christ, through Christ, you and I can try to do things in our own strength, but we'll fail. But when we do them through Christ, why? Because he's the one that strengthens us. Fourthly or fifthly, I am an heir. You and I are heirs of God and a joint heir with Christ. We said that in Romans 8, 17. Romans 8, 17 says this, and if children, then heirs, born again, heirs of God. And join heirs with Christ. We're join heirs with him. We're in covenant with him. If so, be that we suffer with him. Uh-oh. Suffering, pastor? Not sickness and disease. But he told us we've all suffered persecution. How many know when you come to church, when you love God and you talk about God, people would say, oh, that's one of them Bible thumpers. They used to say that. I don't know if they say it like that anymore. That's one of them old, old believers. You know, I, when they called me a believer, I said, thank you. He said, if so, that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. When you and I suffer persecution for Christ's sake, that's an indication that we're going to be glorified with him together. Glory to God. Isn't that a good thing? These are things that we ought to say. Write these down. Amen. I'll, I'll have to make a copy of them and give them to you. But you need to write them down. They're going to be on this. You can go back and listen to them anytime. What's, what's number five or number, number six? It says this, I am more than a conqueror. Through him who loves me. Who are we talking about? Jesus. It, in, in, in Romans 8, 37, it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through who? Him. Him who? Jesus that loved us. He gave his life so that we could have life and life more abundant. He paid the price. Sixthly, I am healed by the scripture that Jesus bore on his back. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we were healed. Were is what kind of tense? That's past tense. If I were, I was. 
that mean I am. Then in 1 Peter 2.24, it says this. 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bore or bare our sins in his own body on the tree on that cross, that we being dead to sin. Pastor, I'm dead to sin. When you're in Christ, he's dead to sin, and we're a joint heir with him. That means we're dead to sin. We don't have to. Should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. If we were healed, we are healed. That's when you got to remind your body. You got to tell your body when it's hurting, I'm healed. Don't receive pain. Well, Pastor, I'm hurting. If you're hurting, speak to the hurt, speak to the pain, and say, cease and desist. Stop. Believe God. How many believe that the word is true? He said we were healed. That means sometimes if you're hurting or you've been attacked by sickness, you gotta be, you gotta remind yourself. You gotta remind the devil, because he knows what the scripture says, but he wants to fool you to not to use it. The scripture again in Galatians 3:13, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And that's every sickness and every disease. All of them. We saw in verse 61. That's a part of the curse. But we've been redeemed from that. We don't have to live in it. We don't have to walk in it. Pastor, I'm under attack. Well, get with God and get, get off of under and get on top. Jesus paid the price. Eight, I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Just read that one, 313. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Nine, I am filled with God's peace, which passes all understanding. We all need this one. We need to remind ourselves of these. Philippians 4, 7 says this, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, all our natural thinking, all our ability and our own strength, shall keep your hearts and minds through who? Christ Jesus, the anointed one and his anointing. You have an anointing that you can draw on through Christ when we're in Christ. Some of us need to just start reading this on a daily, these scriptures on a daily basis and get them in our heart and get them in our, and, and get them in our makeup. Seventh, seventhly, or which, uh, eighthly or ninthly, whichever one it is. <laughs> I am the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. 619. Who is? I am. You are. How do you know that? Verse 19 says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. A lot of times we talk about buildings as being a temple or being a building, but we're the temple, we're the building of God. Which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Thank God. When we make Jesus our Lord and Savior, we're not our own. And then, two more. I am the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Matthew 5, 13, it says this, ye are the salt of the earth, but it, that means salt means salt is a preservative. The word preserve, preserves us, keeps us, keeps us from being rotten. Look at his name, I know that one's for you. The salt of the word will keep you from being rotten, having a rotten attitude, having a rotten spirit, having a rotten frown on your face all the time. Look at your name and say, smile. 
this, that's Matthew 5, verse 13, 14 and 15 and 16. It'll come on screen in a second. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing. If a salt won't, won't, won't keep you, it's not good for anything. But to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Notice what verse 14 says. Ye are the light of the world. How many know when you got light, you're not going to trip over stuff because you're in the dark? A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. All that are in the house get the light. Jesus is the light, and we become the light. And then verse 16 says, let your light so shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Y'all remember singing that when we were children? This the light. That wasn't just some, somebody came up with. That's the word. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. That's how you let your light shine. We aren't saved by our works, but we're saved to do good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. And then finally, I am not condemned, for there is no condemnation in Christ. Look at Nate said, no condemnation in Christ. No condemnation in me. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation. This is Romans 8.1. To them which are in who? Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. Flesh, natural. It doesn't mean not, not walk not because you're not in the flesh. It means you're not walking in your natural understanding, your fleshly, unregenerate thoughts. It means your mind is being renewed and transferred. We're, uh, see, our, our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotion, is, emotions are the part of us that's in the process of being saved. When you're born again, your spirit is a saved. We are a spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, and we live in a body. When we're born again, our spirit man is that saved is going to be. But our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, are in process. We need to renew our soul. When that song that uh, I think it was Joe Tex or whoever sung it said, I'm a soul man, a lot of Christians are soul men or soul women, but we ought not to be. We should say, a hundred, when people got born again, we said, a hundred souls got saved. No, a hundred spirits got saved. The souls are still in process. Look at his name and say, I get it. Mind is being transformed. Mind is being transformed right, right now, renewed. Let me read that scripture again. Romans 8, 1. This last one, we're here to go. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We ought to be walking in the spirit. The born again spirit. You know, 1 Thessalonians is where it talks about, you know, we, we are spirit. We live in it. I think it's the 1 Thessalonians, I think, chapter 5, I think. Uh, but we, it's three parts to us. And we're all in, 
The spirit man, when you, when you say, you confess Christ as your Savior, you're born again, he's going to get your spirit. But our mind, our, our soul, which is our mind, our will, emotion, and process, and then the last part of us that will be completely redeemed, when, when Jesus comes back, we get a brand new body. Folks that have went to heaven and, and, and saw folks or family members, they, they say, you know, that a lot of folks, there have been numerous folks that have. Brother Hagin did a few times. And, and uh, he, he said, everyone looks better than they ever looked before. Our new bodies, our supernatural bodies, are going to be the best looking that we've ever been. Still going to be us. But I remember, all of us probably got a picture we took at a certain age when we looked, as, we looked our very best. I mean, y'all got a picture like that? Y'all to put that up on the wall, on, on your refrigerator. And know that when we get to heaven, we're going to look better than that. Glory to God. No more wrinkles. No more gray hair. If you had hair and don't have it anymore, some of us are there, you're going to better. We, we thought, remember, a lot of y'all don't remember the $6 million man when, when, when he got hurt. And he, and he got in that terrible accident. And in the song, when he came on, he's stronger. He's faster. He's better than he ever has been before. When we get to heaven, we're going to be stronger, faster, better than we ever have before in every way. Why? Because Jesus paid the price. And we can believe and receive it. I told you I had some good news for you. I see some of you smiling and happy. This is something we ought to get in and saturate ourselves in. Amen. Uh, y'all want me to make a copy of these and give them, put them out on the floor you so I can give them to you? I'll, I'll do that. We'll do that. Praise God. And, and just get them and read them. When we do it, we'll get them read. But, hey, they're embedded. So, submit. I'm done. Amen. Y'all ready to go home? We better pray first. Amen. Just in case. That's <laughs> we hadn't made Jesus the Lord of their life. And hadn't given the heart. That's the reason. That's what we're here for. We're here to rejoice and fellowship. But in case there's someone in each church or even someone in this room, you never made Jesus the Lord of your life. The first step in the walking in that full redemption and having the things that, that we just read is by confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart. Let's pray. And I'm going to ask everyone under the sound of my voice. You at, at, at home in the, in the e-church too, or wherever you are, repeat these words with me. Very simple and very succinct, but very meaningful. Say this with me. Father God, right now, I claim 1 John 1, 9. Well, you said in your word that if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Lord, I claim Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10 where you said, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you died for me, you paid the price so that I could be saved. I'm forgiven of my sins and cleansed from all unrighteousness. I am saved. I'm a brand new creature. I make you my Lord, and I thank you. You're my Savior. Amen.
If you just prayed that for the first time, we got some materials we wanted to give you. Three mini books that you'll see come up on the screen. You can be anywhere in the world. We'll send them to you absolutely free. It won't cost you anything other than just writing us and letting, know, letting us know. And if you don't have those and you're in here today and you need those three mini books, they're right out on the floor. We want you to just grab, grab all three of them. They're right on the table, right outside of that, behind that window right there. And you can get it and read them. Don't just get it and take it home and put it in a, in a, in a, uh, on, on your coffee table or under your bed, but read them. These three mini books, The New Birth, talks about salvation. In Him, talks about what we're entitled to. It goes even more in-depth who we are in Him than the ones that I gave you. But then, why tongues? That's praying in the Spirit. And then you see that QR code. You can scan that with your phone, and it'll take it to a, a, a video that I did explaining these things and talking about them. And if you're looking for a church home, eat church, we say welcome home. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, let us know that too. We want to welcome you to the family. Amen.